0: here this morning on a long weekend. Fantastic to be at church day and thank you Pastor Trevor for sharing communion. That is my father-in-law if you were wondering and I remember the day I met valme <laughs> <laughs> Not knowing. Behold the mother-in-law. <clears throat> it has been fantastic to Uh, have Pastor Trevor and Velma with us this morning and share in the service. And uh, I took their daughter, their best daughter. (laughs) So I just want to say it's really, really good to be in the house of God this morning. Who's liking the look of our uh, extensions out the front there? Looking good. Finally starting to come together. So that's exciting. Uh, It's great to have uh, Jansen back. He's just off the stage. Let's give him a hand. He's spent his holidays... On mission, uh, being a doctor, a missionary doctor, which is fantastic. So is that your mum and dad here as well, Jansen? Yes. Hey, welcome to Jansen's mum and dad. I forgot their names, but welcome to them as well. So uh, just just a reminder, in in August every year, we take a, up our one priority giving. That's for people in our church who uh, call One Heart their home. And uh, that's to, to bring back to God something special to say, thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done in my life. It's like a first... Fruits offering, so to speak. So um, uh, I'll just go, just do a little bit of an introduction to my message about that this morning. But uh, when um, Moses was in the wilderness, God instructed him to tell the people to bring an offering to build a place of worship. And so they did that. Exodus chapter 35, you'll find those uh, scriptures and that whole story. But uh, one of the things that, that he was instructed was to. Uh, let those with generous hearts present their gifts to the Lord to build this temple of God, this <laughs> tabernacle, I should say, this place of worship. And uh, and and I want to just um, uh, put it to you. Be generous with your attitude towards God and um, God will honour you in your life. So just consider that, if you're part of our church, what you can do uh, to build God's house um, so that this can be a place of worship for other people, for the nations. So... Um, We don't want to just be limited to what we see and what we have today, but we want to be bigger and uh, stronger in those things. So um, I want to preach this morning part two of um, being free financially. So our theme for this year, if you're only visiting with us today, then uh, our theme for this year is freedom and being free. And one of the big things that I think uh, a lot of people uh, uh, associate with freedom is, is to have money, being financially free. Um, and that's just how we think. So, something I've noticed <coughs> among people, uh, Christians or not, is the desire to get rich. Have you ever talked about people, talked with people? It's this thing. Maybe it was only the school I went to where they did that. But uh, somewhere deep in our psyche, or in our psyche, what's the right word there? Don't worry, you're like, don't ask us questions, it's too early. But somewhere deep within us, in our, in our heart or soul, is this thought of, of being rich. Because the, that the fundamental part of it is, is if I'm rich, it's going to solve a lot of my problems. It's going to solve all my problems. Uh, having money will make me happy. That's the, that's the underlying basis of why we think this way. Um, uh, people will respect me. Maybe... I'll have more friends if, if, if I had money. Um, uh, it will take away all my worries and it will give me security that I've been looking for. And all these things are, are, are what we associate with with this thing, You know, either we just call it money or if we call it rich in, in a financial sense. So does that make sense to you yeah, this morning? Yeah. I want to show you something this morning. Uh, are we ready with the sound? Ready, set, go. What's it say? Is it the cure for malaria? (coughs) Has the war ended? A prince wants to give us twenty million dollars. He just needs our social security numbers. (coughs) We're gonna be rich! (laughs) (laughs) Horses for everyone. (laughs) Who relates to that? I I tallied up at one stage. all these different emails that I'd got about people who want to give me money. And I last—I gave up after I got about $6 million worth of money that was coming my way that I didn't get. But uh, we've all heard of get-rich-quick schemes. And even though we, we have our suspicions, sometimes people still get involved in risky schemes. And you think, why did they get conned into that but it's what happens so this morning if you haven't been at church before or not been at church for a long time uh, this is not all we talk about so people often say that's all it's all about money that's all they ever talk about in church it's not in fact I've not talked the series or anything about finances or giving or money for seven years so maybe another seven years from now we might do it again but I think we're breaking something here but it's not all that we talk about and um, Church is not all about money, if that's what you're thinking, but we are going to talk about it today. Church is all about life, and money is part of life, so we need to talk about that. So, what we what we want to have is a freedom in church that we can talk about all the issues of life and all the parts of life, and and not be offended, not be hurt, not go away saying that's all they ever talk about because it's not. It's only a, it's a part of life, and I think it's something that we need to uh, learn from. In Proverbs chapter one. Uh, verses, uh, I think it's four to six, it talks about uh, wisdom for life and wisdom for living. And I think the whole Bible is full of that sort of wisdom. I was going to read it out to you, but you know what? I can't find my glasses. And I feel like I can't see anything without my glasses. So, um, yep, there's no good. There's no no point even trying. I'll make it say anything. But Proverbs... Uh, I think is indicative of the whole word of God and it gives us wisdom for living and wisdom for managing ourselves and our things to bring honor to God and that's what we ought to be um, wanting to do so Jesus spoke about money the Bible has a lot to say about money and it's good to apply principles from the Bible that make life better and that's the whole thing. Would you like to make your life better when it comes to your relationships? Make your life better when it comes to um, how you're living, uh, what you do with your money, with what you do with your investments and all those sorts of things. If you apply the word of God to those things, it will make life better. Apply what the Bible says to your finances. So most people, when they consider a free life, it would include being financially free. But in place... Uh, uh, sorry, put in place financial wisdom from the Bible and you'll find freedom financially. And you don't have to make that the aim, but it will happen automatically. So some weird facts about money. Who's already annoyed? Some people already turned off. That's it. Came to church and uh, and, uh, the whole thing is if if you came to church today and you think that's all they ever talk about, you probably haven't been here enough. (laughs) So, well, that's just a slap. There are... There are more than 10 countries that don't have their own money. You know, they don't have their own money. They're using other countries' money. That's awesome. It's a way to save on the budget. We don't print our own money. Only 8% of the world's currency is actually money. Only 8%. That's not very much. Some weird facts. By the way, money as we know it is, it's changing more and more. Of what we do is cashless and uh, something that the bible describes in Revelation 13 verse 16 you need to be ready for that and you need to know what the bible says about no no cash and you're going to hope that jesus came and took you away before that happens but uh, we need to know these things we're not going to talk about end times prophecies and all that this morning but uh but we got to realize that that the prophecies in the word of god about About money and again the day of a a global world government that is going to say we don't use money like that anymore Um, uh, and we we need to we need to be aware of these things so study some of that stuff in your own time or I might preach on it one day but um, it doesn't matter whether we're talking about cash or cashless it's about handling life and finances the right way in the God-honoring way that's the whole uh, foundation of my message this morning is about dealing with what we have in a God-honoring way. So 1 Timothy uh, 6.10 sorry, says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. There's not many Italians in that list because they're craving food, <laughs> not money. Luke chapter 12, verse 15 says this in the... Uh, Good News Translation. This is Jesus speaking. And he went on to say, to say to them, watch out and guard yourselves from every kind of greed because your true life is not made up of the things you own no matter how rich you may be. There's a lot of things in that scripture that we can that we can park on and preach about this morning. But one of the things that I want you to consider is your true life. And what is that? What is your true life? Because it's, Jesus is saying uh, our, "Our there is an aspect of our life that is controlled by our greed that's an aspect of, of our physical but our true life isn't found there. So we need to ask ourselves some questions about that. Jesus says life is more than our stuff. Life is more than money. Life is more than our finances. So money isn't a problem but b- being greedy for it is or being greedy for anything. I remember once there's a as a, a, a young guy going to this uh, Christian youth group um, and we used to go there on Friday nights with my brother and uh, they, they used to teach us all these le- life lessons and we were we got, like, I mean some of the life lessons they used to, and we couldn't understand why are they talking about this, Would, they'd be saying you, you know, you need to know what they have deodorant, they say you need to know what this is, guys, you need to use it you need to have a shower, <laughs> you know and they're like what, what do you want to have a shower for it's like crazy uh, but, but one of the things they, they used to teach us about being greedy and, and one day they had lamingtons afterwards and they had this big double size king size lamington on the plate double the size of all the others and and i mean we all were iron the big one i must admit i missed it i must have got distracted the next thing i know i saw this young guy called ian biting into this double size lamington and he's like and he was pulling on it like he, he's like determined and, And then it sort of popped and it was a a sponge, an actual piece of sponge dressed up like a lamington to teach us a lesson like, don't be greedy, don't be the one who goes for the biggest piece. Because the story is sometimes in our greed, what we think is the prize isn't what we thought it was. It's a fake. So, for the love of money, not the possession of money, is the root of all evil. You've got to remember that. It's the love of money, not the possession of money, is the root of all evil. So the, the whole issue there is don't be preoccupied with money. Don't make that the the final and, and and most important thing in your decisions. So Proverbs 13, 7, we're going through quite a few scriptures here today. Um, Some who are poor pretend to be rich. Others who are rich pretend to be rich. To be poor. What's all that about? See, when you're preoccupied with money, you have a distorted and unhealthy perspectives and it, it, it affects your relationships with people. So some people, are, you, you know, you might relate to some, who, who they have this, 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 this uh, image that they're really rich. They might have a lot of things on higher purchase, a whole lot of things that, that they actually have whopping big loans, but, but we don't know that. We just see what they drive, what they wear, what they, what they, what they uh, talk about. But we don't know that all of that stuff is, isn't real, but they're pretending to be rich. But actually, they've got nothing. They've got a, a big, huge debt. And it says, others who are rich pretend to be poor. Maybe they've got this thing, if people know what I'm worth, then I'm going to have fake friends. Maybe that's the motivation. Maybe they think if people know that I'm rich, they're going to be always asking me for stuff, and so they have this thing. Well, I'll, I'll just, I'll just have a, 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 an image that, that is just ordinary. So nothing that stands out from the crowd. I'll just, I'll just drive a normal car, live in a normal house. I, I knew a, a friend I went to school with. His family was incredibly rich. They owned an island in Victoria. And, and his, his dad was a real estate agent and incredibly successful real estate agent, but there was nothing about their life that would, you would suspect that they were multi-millionaires in, in, in the 1970s. And you know, the dad used to get out the front and mow his own lawn, and, and instead of a snipper, he had an inventive thing, he used a gas torch, and used to <laughs> blow all the, all the weeds and the edges, he used to burn them all off. So if you're preoccupied with money, you can have either one of those extremes. Again, when we're preoccupied with one thing or another in life, it will lead us down to an extreme. And we don't want to live in extremes if we're going to be free because when you're extreme anything, you're not free. And so we want to have a freedom in our life that brings a a balance to everything that we can say, I can can roll along well because I'm free in every area. I'm not bumping along because I've got an extreme. So... um, Oh, sorry. We'll just go back to that one. 1 Timothy 6.6 6 says, Godliness with contentment is, is itself great wealth. So godliness with contentment. Now, that doesn't talk about whether you're godliness and rich or godliness and poor or godliness in the middle. It means godliness with contentment. So whichever... Station of life you are in, it's having that inner peace, that inner security that comes from God, not what's in the bank. Is that making sense and helping you today? So there are two big money traps that we need to be aware of that take away our freedom. And they're just very, really, really practical. The first one is the debt trap. And many of us have felt the, the distress or the heavy pressure of debt. When perhaps you didn't mean to, but you've got yourself into this place where you've got uh, an overwhelming debt. And debt can serve to disqualify us from serving God. You know what? God understands and knows the pressure debt can put on us. Debt can be discouraging when all that you're doing, all that you're working for is just to pay off debt. It's like, you know, I can't get ahead. I've just got this debt and, and I work and I work and I'm putting all my all my effort and energy into paying this debt but it just doesn't seem to go away. See, debt is a pressure factor in many marriages. It's probably the most uh, argued issue in marriage is debt or money. And, and you know, any uh, marriage uh, courses and that that you do will always have a bit on money and how to manage your money because it is a huge pressure factor in marriage. Debt can be managed to create wealth or mismanaged by greedy motives and become a snare. So, debt is not a bad thing in itself. Debt can be used to actually increase wealth in the right way. You need to understand this. Don't honour debt to the point it disqualifies you serving God. You can have debt, but don't allow it to speak louder than the call of God. Debt traps people... Responding to God's call, thinking, "What's all that mean?" You, you need to make a choice to be free from the debt trap when God calls you. So you might be thinking, "What's he talking about?" It means like you might have, have, have just you have a business or you, you have have a, an enterprise, and or you, you buy a property, to, you buy a house to live in, and you think, "You know what? I've suddenly you know got this huge debt, and and, and uh, you know one of the ways that I can help pay down that debt." Is, is if I work as much as I can, and then that starts to impinge upon you know being at church, being in fellowship, and the things because I can get paid more on on a, on a weekend. I can work all that time, and if you don't work Sunday, then you work Saturday, and then you're too tired to come to church on Sunday. And, and if you know how much I've got to work because I've got such a big debt, what am I supposed to do to pay up the debt? And so we can cause we can cause ourselves to be retreating from the call and purpose of God because we've got this this cloud of debt over our heads that is. Speaking louder than anything else in our life, and in and in the same sense, I'm I'm being a bit greedy here in the spiritual sense. There, but some people will will trash their marriage, trash relationships with their family, with their children, with their with their uh, uh, parents, and all these sorts of things because this overwhelming level of debt is is speaking louder than everything else. And they'll say, "Well, I've got no time for you. I've got no time for this. I've got no time for anything. My focus is is this." This cloud in my thinking, which is this level of debt. So we need to be, we need to see debt when we have it as something that that is going to propel us to be a blessing. But sometimes we have to go backwards to go forwards. And and I know people who make a lot of money always has always step into it with a risk, and it starts with a debt. I think you can almost guarantee every major a person who's made lots and lots and lots of money has started at a place of debt. They start from behind, they take a risk, they have a calculation, and then they move forward. And they see the debt come down. But we don't want to trash every relationship and every uh, uh, contact you have with people and the world because of that. So the second thing that people do when money takes your freedom is living with irresponsible spending. That's another trap. Spending irresponsibly or or irresponsible use of your resources. So God entrusts us with resources and he expects, expects us to be good stewards of what we have. Uh, in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, it talks about um, if you're faithful with small things, then God will give you bigger things. It says if you're unfaithful with small things, then you won't get bigger things. It's a principle that is going to be underlying... Of making sense with how you live your life, so um, God wants to pour into us and He wants to give us more. But the 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 factor isn't about God; it's about us. So look up Luke chapter sixteen, verse ten. There. So some of the things that that cause us to um, live in the trap of irresponsible iris, irresponsible spending. A bit hard to say is things like impulse buying. Who's ever been caught by that one? You see something and you want to have it. You haven't checked it out, you haven't checked out the quality or compared the prices, you just see something and you've got to have that. I I know there's things that I've seen that I've thought, "I, I really want that and I want it now and I want that one. So guys, you go to the car dealer and you see that and you want it straight away. Girls, you see the shoes, the handbags, the pistols. <laughs> so impulse buying is a big one that we need, to, we need to be control of. And it's a spiritual discipline we have to develop in our life that we don't, we don't waste resources because we can't say no when the impulse strikes. And sometimes that when, when you live with that those impulse things is is you don't wake up in the morning thinking, I'm gonna go down the street, I'm gonna have an impulse buy today and spend all my money. You, you don't you, it's because it's a weakness in your a breakdown in your strength, and, and when you when you go anywhere, you suddenly think, Oh, oh yeah, oh, I'll buy that. And and you know, salesmen love the impulse buyers. They love it. They make they make millions of dollars out of that, out of your expense. Next one is careless management. Careless management is where you, you have questions like, where did all my money go? So inattention to where you spend. So you have it, so you spend it. In in the days when, when I first started work, we used to get a pay packet with, with money in a little envelope. And, uh, and literally, sometimes uh, the first few months, I saved a lot of money, because I, I, I was like, "Wow, 80 dollars a week." <laughs> it's like, amazing. I'll never be able to spend $80 dollars in a week." And I, I, I would save it I'd, I'd spend it. I'd use a little bit of money to, to buy my train ticket to go to work and do things like that, and I'd bank the rest. But then after a little while, I started to realize that I could see things and I've got money. And so I got to a stage where I, I would not have my full pay from the time I left work and got home. So I'd visit the gun shop. <laughs> and I'd spend, i will just spend it. Just like, wow, okay, I'll, I'll buy that. And I'll buy that. We've got to be cautious of, of, of where our money's going. Careless management. Inattention, inattention to where you spend, it's having it so you spend it. You've got to develop a budget and keep a record of expenses. And I know you're all thinking, where's the fun in that? Some of you will be thinking, shut us up, not me, not going to live with a budget. But know where your money's going at least. So you're not asking the question, where did all the money go? Why, Why have we got no money? So be selective with your spending. Ask yourself questions, do I really need this? What's the best way yeah you know, to to fulfill this or that need so here's a really important thing you can't go blaming god that he didn't answer your prayer for for finance when you don't know where what you have has gone so you can't go blaming god saying god why don't you give me why don't you give me more money that's all I need. i've been praying for more money and i've been learning about faith i've been learning about about your kingdom principles, all this sort of stuff. I need more money. You can't blame God that he didn't answer your prayer for finance when you don't know where what you have has been going. You need to write that down. So the spiritual principle there is God gives more to those who use well what they already have. That goes back again to Luke chapter 16, verse 10. So we've got to be responsible. If you've only got a little bit, be responsible with a little bit. If you've got a lot, still be responsible with that. So it's not about having a lot or a little, it's about being responsible. So another trap is neglect of your property, or yeah, neglect of your stuff. It says uh, in Proverbs, a little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. So we've got to be diligent to our to our job. Some some people think they just woke up one day and they lost their job. No, it started because you 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 made a habit of being late. Uh, it started because you were sloppy with your approach. It started that 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 you thought, well, it doesn't really matter if I don't get tasks done by the end of the time. And so so then one day you, you wake up and you go to church, you go to you go to work, and they say, well. We don't have a job for you. It doesn't sneak up on you. It's because you've had a neglect of your property, so to speak. If you're too lazy to take care of your own property, your own job, your own business, your own car, your house, you impoverish yourself. It's like the person who never never services their car on you. One guy never serviced his car. He used to brag, I never serviced my car, I never change the oil, ne- never never do anything like that. And he, he had a machine that I used to use this li- little excavator never did anything to that never never changed uh, that never greased it never did anything just drives it until it till he kills it and then with his car it was a nissan patrol diesel beautiful car but but because the oil never got changed one day the the, the piston rod popped a big hole through the side of the block and the mechanics and all that at, at, at nissan are saying we've never seen this ever thinking well if you drive it for 150,000 kilometers never change the oil Anything can happen. So, so he can't say, "Oh, well, you know, why, why did God do that to me?" No, you you didn't. You weren't diligent with your stuff, and and then it's a robber of your future. So, don't neglect your property. Be diligent to your job. Simple things. Get enough sleep. If you want to be good at your job, have enough sleep. Don't st- don't stay up all night playing chess with your neighbour, <laughs> like many of you do. <laughs> do a little bit of homework now and then. Find out what's required. Be 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 on the edge of your game, not at the last of the game. So you know you've got to look after your property. When I say that, I use a broad umbrella there. Look look after your 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 your, your um occupation, job, business, whatever it is that you're in. Be diligent to that. So there's two things not to do um, when it comes to financially being um, free. These are the things not to do. Trying to get rich quick. We all heard that. We've talked about that before, trying to get rich quick. There's also another factor of that, trying to get rich slow. Because it can be either way. It can be bad because it's when the only goal is rich. So whether you want to be rich fast or, or be rich slow, when you make that your only goal, then you're, you're going to go down the wrong way. So uh, don't do that. Because greedy people try to get rich quick, but don't realise they're headed for poverty. That's in Proverbs 28 again. Um, so the, the, another thing that we don't want to do is withholding benevolence. That's a big word. That means withholding charity from others. Um, that can be also uh, broadened out to being unkind, being unhelpful, Uh, being mean and tight-fisted. And so we we need to be uh, watching our heart and seeing whether or not we are friendly and helpful and have charity-minded in our our financial life. So, nearly finished. Two things to do when it comes to managing money. So we just saw two things not to do. These are two things that I think will uh, open the jaws of the money trap in our lives. Number one, is preparation and planning. And too many people fail with their finances because they don't prepare and they don't plan. Proverbs 24 verse 27 says, do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. That, that talks about um, uh, preparing your business, preparing where you work, being organized with things. Do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. Um, so basically they're saying there if you, you know build your business first and then, and then do your house do that later. but uh, have your foundations, your financial foundations set first. Um, Proverbs 2 verse 11 says, wise choices will watch over you and understanding will keep you safe In the King James Bible it says discretion will preserve thee. Um, you need to be a discreet person in understanding about money, Uh, about money-making schemes, before jumping straight in. Because sometimes things are like that big lamington, they look really good, but it's actually not what you thought. So be wary of what looks like quick and easy ways to get rich. Do your preparation. Ask the right people. Get advice. Um, Include a spiritual mentor in your business. In your business i mean that you don't need to be a business person i mean in your personal business in your life decisions have a have a spiritual mentor and get their opinion sometimes about things now i'm saying you know i don't i personally don't like it when people come to me and they want me to give them answers and they are saying, well well the pastor just got this you know thing this decision to make it and, and i'm not really sure and and i was hoping you'd you'd tell me you know what i'm not really good at that but but what we can say is what does the word of god say this is this is what it says, and now what's God telling you? And and uh, let's let's maybe slow things down a bit, so you're not jumping in so fast, but you're actually giving yourself time to think. And sometimes a little bit of time is all you need to realize, heck, that would have been a big mistake. But too often we we blunder straight in and then find out too late that we've made a mistake. So the next thing that we need to Adopt is generosity. There are two, again, Bible principles that go together and they are giving and receiving. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, it says, Give and you'll receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more and running over. And poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So that's Jesus speaking here. He makes it so clear that giving and receiving go together. Proverbs 11 verses 24 and 25 says, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Again, it's like giving is the other side of receiving. Some people really get a knot in their stomach when they think of giving. It's like the worst thing you can ever think about. If you talk about you know, generosity and giving, there's there's like a tightening up in their guts. starts to twist. They start to fear and they start to tremble about it. It's i it, it, i'm not exaggerating that there's some people when, when you talk about a generous attitude that, that it just it, it causes a, a, a deep fear to grip them. But generosity, well that, that fear comes because of a thought of losing what's in your hand. And you, and you think, well, if if I've got a hundred bucks then at least I know I've got that 100 bucks and that's, that's mine. But if I've got to help someone by sending them $20, then I'm losing my 100. And so you're concentrating on that kind of mathematics. The The word of God says in God's upside down economy says, you want to receive more, you've got to give more. So some uh, generosity is a sign that we have the right motivation at work in our heart That affects our attitude to others. It's really important that we use our finances to benefit the world around us, to help other people when we can. Now, there is a downside to that because some people are so generously minded that they don't even think of themselves. So, so they're thinking. Well, you know, the neighbors' kids needed shoes, and I bought them shoes. And then, then the 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 uh, you know the, the person down the street they needed their car broke down, so I paid for that. Uh, and then, actually, right now, I don't even have any anything to eat for myself. That's where we've got to we've got to be good managers of our finance, so that we manage well. We give what we do give. And we, we are stewards of our own resources so that we look after ourselves. The better we look after ourselves, the more we can look after others. But when we're feeding everyone else when we're starving, well, that doesn't really make sense. So the principle being generous, helping, blessing others, unlocks blessing in our own life. So we're going to pray for people this morning. And i like to pray for you and I'm just going to uh, ask you to Perhaps indicate to me, raise your hand or something if you relate to any of these areas. So I'll read them out first, and then uh, I'll pray. And you can just raise your hand if you want prayer. I want to pray for those who feel guilt due to losing money. Maybe you feel like a sense of guilt that that you know I I don't know where my money goes, and maybe you're not good at budgeting. Maybe you've never tried to, but but you just feel a sense of shame, a sense of guilt, thinking, well, well, uh, when 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 you spoke about that earlier. I felt, I felt guilty, I felt, I felt shamed. You know, that, that guilt and shame doesn't come from God, it comes from the devil, and he wants to keep you down in, that, in those thoughts. But today, God wants to lift you out of that. He wants to set you free today from that. And you can put some things in place and you can, you can start to change that future. I want to pray for those contemplating business or other investments, that God will use you to bring freedom to others. To 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 have a, an ability to manage your finances well, so that then you can be a blessing to others, so that you can bring a blessing to the world. I also want to pray for people who desire to be free in in generosity in a a real sense. So, if you relate to any of those things, just perhaps we, we bow our heads, uh, give people the uh, the time. So, Lord. If you need to respond to any of those things, if you feel guilt and shame, then you can raise your hand. If you're contemplating business or other investments, then you say, God, I I need your help. Help me to guide me through these things and pray for those who desire to be free. Why don't you just raise your hands nice and high? I want to pray for you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you see these hands that are raised this morning and you know that the freedom that, that they can bring to others if they can unlock the trap of money in their own life lord we don't want to make our life all about money but we want to make it all about you and a part of that is our money so lord we just pray today for 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 a perspective to come into people's thinking for for a new understanding to come into our life about our money and our finances and our resources so lord i pray for those who are feeling guilty that you release the 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 shame the guilt the 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 trap that the enemy has over their thinking when it comes to these things. I pray for those in business or thinking about business, Lord God, that they will see a way forward, that they'll understand, Lord, that their their capacity relates back to you. And I pray that you strengthen them in that in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that we as a church may be a generous church, a blessing church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I'll just finish with this. We need money. We should have money. But whether it's a little or a lot, choose, make your aim to honour God with everything that you have, including money. God bless you, church. Hopefully, that's been helpful to you.